American Standard. It's Ephesians 3, 8 to 12. Amen. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he proposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. You may be seated in Jesus' name. The New American Standard Update, it says, To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. King James says the uh, unsearchable riches. New American says unfathomable. It, 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 it means so deep you can't reach the bottom. It doesn't mean that, that, that you can't search them. It means it's, it's just so big it's impossible to search it all. Just like uh, our universe. It's impossible to search our entire universe. It's just too big. Just too big. Uh, or the cosmos, I guess I should say. Um, so at work, they have a puzzle that they put together from time to time up in the upstairs break room. and You, you see from time to time people there uh, working on the puzzles. Uh, I enjoy jigsaw puzzles. I rarely do them. But uh, if, uh, when I was a kid, if we set up the card table and put a puzzle up there, we'd all sit around the puzzle and put together a puzzle. It was fun. I enjoyed them. Pictures always seem to have a message. There's one jigsaw puzzle in particular that I remember. It's the scene of an old ballpark, and there's a wooden fence around the park, and and seated on the sidewalk is a little boy, and tears are streaming down his cheeks, and others are passing by and entering into the stadium, and his pockets are turned the wrong side out. And There's a paltry pile of coins, you know, on the sidewalk beside him. His shoes are untied, his hair is in a mess, and he doesn't look his best. And the sign on the fence says it all. No admittance. And you can you, you understand the emotions that he's feeling. He just doesn't have the money. He's got some money, but he doesn't have enough money to go in to, to see his team play. So he's heartbroken. In spite of his desire, the wall and the sign is mocking him. You can't come in. You're here. You're just feet away. You can hear the crowd cheering on the other side, but it's beyond your reach. You're just a step away, but it might as well be a mile because you're not going to experience it. You're not going to see the game. You're not going to touch it. You'll never have it. Life is so confusing. It's so full of puzzles. It's complicated. And it doesn't seem that anything is readily fixed. I'm reading a book right now on, believe it or not, on the gold rush and its link to the Civil War, which you would never think just on the surface that the gold rush would have anything to do with the Civil War. 
But things were so complicated back then that everything set off a firestorm. Uh, and so if plantation owners gave the inkling that they were going to take, like in Virginia, tobacco was the tobacco wasn't king anymore. And so the plantation owners wanted to take their slaves to California to dig for gold. Well, you can't do that. Well, we need to have an intercontinental railroad. Well, should we run it through the south or run it through St. Louis in the middle? It's just incredible when you're reading these stories to see how complex things were. And, and there really wasn't any solution to anything uh, back then. And so uh, uh, life is that way. Our lives are complex. Uh, and this boy in this picture, this artist who, who gave us this story, kind of reflects our lives at times. We, we'll sit in a church service and we'll have our little coins beside us and we, we need God to just do something great, but it doesn't seem that it's within our grasp uh, uh, to have that miraculous Happen, And yet we can look at people around us and they seem to have it all together. They've got money in their account. They seem to worship freely. They have all the answers. They seem so blessed and they it's as if they've got the ticket in their hand and they're walking by us on the street kind of mocking us. You know, I've got it together. I got everything I need. I'm blessed. I'm on my way. But here you are. Here we are outside the boundaries. We're, we're on the other side of the fence. Uh, uh, we are... We aren't in the game, and the sign is above us, and it seems to mock us. Uh, 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 no, no admittance. You're close, but you're not coming in. The miraculous power is nearby, but, but it's not for you. It's outside of your reach. What you want, it's just a few steps away. It's just a few prayers away, but you're never going to reach it. Anyone ever feel that way? The devil will tell us to give up our dreams. The, the world will tempt us to turn our back on our faith. The game of life has given us a bad spin. And the card says, give up your prayers. You can't win. Give up. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that you need to rebuke that mentality. God has given us a simple word that we have access to the miraculous. That we can touch the eternal that we can see the invisible, that we can possess the impossible, that we can have the, the, the improbable, that we can taste the unthinkable. I'm telling you through the power of the Holy Ghost, through the power of Jesus Christ, we have access. The devil may tell you that there's no access, but I'm here to tell you that there is. There's a way. He has made a way. He's put the ticket in your hand. It's been paid. It's been paid. The door's been thrown open. The walls have come tumbling down. We have access. You don't have to say any, uh, you don't have to buy your way through a Hail Mary or Hallelujah or perfect lives or good works to have the miraculous. Christ has paid the price. The ticket's been bought. We have access to God. Amen. 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 And we have power with God that goes beyond any enemy, that goes beyond any opposition. We have faith in a positive God that is more positive than any negative report. 
because we have the foundation of the word of God, we have access to the miraculous. Unsearchable, unfathomable in the New American Standard. It is a mighty treasure of mercy. It's a mighty treasure of love and grace and miracles. And it is so deep of a well of his riches that you can never reach the bottom. The riches of God are so deep and wide that we can never have access to them all. Hallelujah. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, Ephesians 3 and 15, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever today. I believe, church, that there are miracles here today that we have access to. I believe that if we have taken the time this morning to come to church to worship God, to join together corporately to praise our God, if we have taken the effort to do that, I believe that God has taken the effort as well. I believe he's here as well. Amen. That he's ready to do something great in our lives. I believe the miraculous is here right now. I believe it, church. Amen. Let's just take a moment and pray and praise God for that miracle that's coming our way. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. I know it's on its way. God, I know you're a prayer answering God. Hallelujah, Lord. I know that you are in our midst, God. Lord, you're as close as the mention of your name. In Jesus' name, every sickness we rebuke. Hallelujah. Lord, you're greater. Lord, any financial struggle, any relationship struggle, Lord, any past abuse struggle, we rebuke it. In Jesus' name, because you're greater, you're bigger, you're deeper, Lord, than any struggle, Lord, than any sickness, God. Than any poverty, Lord. You, you, Lord, have given us your riches through the power of the Holy Ghost. Then we claim it in Jesus' name this morning. We claim it, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of the King. I believe the miraculous is here this morning. I believe it, church. I believe it's right here. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. I believe that these signs are still available today. They are following us today, and I believe that he's going to confirm his word with signs following. I believe in the apostolic church. I believe in our message. I do. I believe that there is a difference between repenting and not repenting. I believe there's a difference between being baptized in Jesus' name in full immersion and any other baptism. I believe that there is a difference between being filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues and, and whatever other doctrine is out there that says you're automatically filled with the Spirit the moment you accept Him. 
as your personal Savior. I believe there is a difference. I believe there's a difference, amen, in living a holy, devoted, separated life that we live as apostolics in church. I believe. I believe in miracles. I believe they're still available today. I believe as apostolics we still have access to the power of God unlike any other access that's available. I believe it. I believe I've been saved from utter darkness by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. I believe blind eyes can still be opened. I believe deaf ears can still be opened. I believe that every disease named by man must still bow at the name that's greater than any other name. I believe we still have access to that blood, that we still have access to that name. I believe it. We have access to God. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, the glory of God was routinely separated from mankind. You think about Israel in the desert, in the light, the pillar of cloud, and the pillar of fire. Those pillars separated the presence of God from Israel. They blessed Israel, but they separated the presence of God from Israel. When God said to build the tabernacle in the wilderness, He said you must build a tent, an interior tent. We call it the holiest of holies. And you're going you're gonna to take an Ark of the Covenant and you're going to put the Ten Commandments in this Ark. And you're going to put Aaron's rod that budded and you're going to put a, a, a pot full of manna. And you're going to cover it with a mercy seat. And uh, this is where my glory will reside. Not out, not out in the temple. Not even in the holies. My glory will reside in the holies of holies. And no one has access to that except the high priest. Except the high priest once a year. If anyone else even tries to look in on my glory, uh, uh, they're going to die. You need to hang a veil over the doorway and not just any veil. You need to hang a piece of woven cloth that history says was four inches thick. You need to hang that veil over the doorway. So no one can come inside. Man on one side, God on the other. Man on one side, God on the other. Weakness on one side, power on the other. Time on one side, eternity on the other. Poverty on one side, riches on the other. You with me, church? Healing on one side, sickness on the other. All between a veil, access is denied. You're four inches away from the glory of God, but you cannot enter. You have no access, you can't do it. But then one fateful day in Jerusalem, all these words were utterly shattered through time and space when Jesus Christ said, It is finished! And that veil was rent in twain from top to bottom when, as this dynamic event occurred in the house of God. I cannot imagine what it must have been like 
for those priests to see that veil rent in two from top to bottom. The Ark of the Covenant was made accessible to God. He was accessible. The glory of God was accessible. We've preached on it. Amen. Anyone can have salvation now. Amen. Jew and Gentile alike, black, white, male, female. Amen. It doesn't matter who you are, fat, skinny, young, old. It doesn't matter. Anyone has access to God now. We've preached it. We believe it. We love the message. But sometimes I fail to remember that it's not just about salvation. It's about everything that has to do with God. And one of those things that has to do with God is the miraculous was also made accessible. We can have miracles today. He can answer our prayers today. He can make a way where there is no way. You can touch Him. He can touch you. There's nothing that is too strong that will hold God back. There, is any, there isn't anything that's too tall for God to climb over. There isn't anything that's too deep for God to get under. Hallelujah. There isn't any door too heavy that God can't open. There isn't any window that's been painted so shut that God can't just open it if he wants to open it. There isn't any access that has been blocked for so long that God can't just go through. I'm preaching it this morning, church. Amen. Our miracles are in are, are accessible. There isn't anything too wide, too long. There isn't anything too powerful, too confusing, too complicated that my God can't make a way. He can make a way where there's no way. He can walk on water. He can leap any tall wall. He can go down deeper than anything. It is the power of my God that he wants to touch me with it this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We can touch him. So we don't need to sit outside fences. We don't need to stay on the periphery. We don't need to weep over a miracle that we'll never have access to. We have access. Think about the man at the gate, beautiful. Hallelujah. I tell you, we don't sometimes think about the fact that uh, he wasn't there by choice. He was there because of traffic flow. That's where he could raise the most money. Because that's where people went by. Amen. But church, the real reason he was outside... Is because he wasn't inside. He couldn't go in the temple. He couldn't go in to praise and pray. The, the law of Moses had dictated that there were, this is how the Pharisees worked, church. Let me, let me just give you a little insight. This is how it works when you set laws upon laws upon laws upon laws. The law of Moses dictated that certain people could not participate in priestly functions. So among them was anyone who was broken-footed. That was the law of Moses. But in time, Pharisees added laws to the laws. So in time, that restriction was broadened to anyone who would enter into worship. 
You see, according to the law of Moses, he could have gone in. But according to the law of man, they had, they had stopped access. Boy, that'll preach. Hallelujah. We need to let man stop dictating to us what we can do in Christ. We can do all things through Christ. Amen. Amen. So here is this man not allowed in, separated from the works of God. You know the sounds must have haunted him. He must have been able to hear the music inside. He must have been able to hear the worship inside. He must have, he must have known that God was move, moving. He must have known that there was mighty things happening inside, that there were some mighty powerful teachings going on. Amen. That there was some great fellowship happening, that there were some great things happening, and yet it was beyond his reach. He was near the miracles of God, but he couldn't access them. He was near the presence of God, but he couldn't access it. He was near the teachings of God, but he couldn't hear it. He was near the grace and the mercy of the Lord, but he could not experience it. And it must have haunted him until God sent two servants to say, you don't have to stay here. You don't have to live the way you've been living God's plan is not beneath you or above you. God has what you need. You just don't know what you need yet. You think that you need silver and gold, but what you need is the miraculous. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Rise up and walk. And something immediately happened. Something connected. And church, let me tell you, it didn't connect in the temple. It didn't connect behind the veil. It connected right there in the street in front of the tabernacle. God came to where he was at. Amen. They didn't have to pick him up and take him into the temple to be healed. God came out and healed him right there because the veil had been rent and twain from top to bottom. I can be touched right now. I have access to God right now. I don't have to wait another day, another week, another month. Amen. I don't have to wait the winter fire. God can touch me right now, right here, right in this place. And he jumped up and he went leaping and praising God and running into the temple. I was think he was I think he was saying, It's not just it's not just there, it's there, and it's there, and it's there, and it's there. I wonder if he went leaping and running into the temple. Amen. So everyone would see God healed me out there. Amen. I, you know, he didn't fake it. He didn't think it. He didn't limp into the temple. Amen. And then once he got in the temple, then started leaping. Oh, look, God touched me. Oh, God touched him here in our great edifice of a temple with all of our rules and regulations. God touched him here. No, no, no. He ran in. Look, God touched me. He already touched me. Where did he touch you? He touched me out there, but we didn't have church out there. He touched me out there, but our laws and our rules and regulations, they don't apply out there. But that's where God touched me. Hallelujah. It's not just here. It's out there. He can touch you at your job. He can touch you in your house. Amen. He can touch you in your car. He can touch you anywhere. It's not just at the altar. It's not just at the uh, uh, end of the service. It's not just during the preaching. It's not just during the singing. Hallelujah. 
I feel the eternal presence of God every moment of every day. I have access to God everywhere, not just here. And you have access to God everywhere. It's not just the high priest. It's everyone, everywhere. Four lepers in Samaria seemed to be excluded. They weren't allowed in the city because of their leprosy. A prophecy went out in the city. They probably didn't even hear about it. By this time tomorrow, the prophecy said, food will be in abundance. What? That famine was so uh, intense that, that people were eating donkey heads and dove dung. Women were killing their own babies and eating them. And a prophecy went forth and said, 24 hours from now, you'll have food in abundance. And I don't believe the Samaritans probably even heard it. Church, I'm telling you, in the midst of a regular Sunday morning service, God is saying, I can do it now. I can touch you now. You don't have to wait. I don't care how bad your life is. I don't care how bad things are. I don't care how much you hurt. I don't care if you feel like you've been banished. Amen. And there's nothing that you can do about it. Amen. I'm telling you, church, God can do it. And the four lepers, they kind of said, uh, we don't fit in here too well. Uh, things aren't going too well. We're banished. Let's go try something else. And they began to walk to the enemy's camp. And God, it was like he took microphones to their feet and he magnified it. And he added, he put speakers in the trees. He put speakers, amen, uh, up in the branches. And the enemy heard these footsteps like it was a mighty army come from God. And they said, oh, look what's happened. They've hired all the armies of our enemies and we are about to get annihilated by them. We're in big trouble. Hallelujah. Because God magnified their steps until the enemy heard the quaking of their boots and ran away from all of their possessions. You just never know, church, how much God is going to magnify your prayer. You just never know how much God is going to magnify your praise. You just never know how much God is going to magnify that little faith. That's, that's the size of a mustard seed and turn it into something miraculous. You just never know. But church, if you never take the step, if you never reach out in faith, if you never say, I'm going to try it, it'll never happen. Oh, they would have sat there on the walls of Samaria, but instead they said, why sit we here until we die? Let's do something about it and see if God will do the miraculous. I, I can't pray for somebody who's sick. But church, what you need to understand is you don't have to have all the power in your prayer for that person who is sick because God will magnify your prayer until they're healed. I don't know if I can expect the miracle from God. I want to tell you, church, don't sit there until you die. 
Do something. Pray. Praise. Fast. Read His Word. Worship. Be faithful. Give it tithes and offering. Church, refuse to give up to your circumstances because you have access to a miracle and He'll magnify whatever effort you put out there. I can still worship. I can still praise. I can still dance. I can still magnify God. I can still celebrate because I have access to the miracles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a good hand of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Church, you never know what God will magnify. You never know. In Jesus' name. That poor mother from Canaan, her daughter's possessed by a demonic spirit. It's grievously, the Bible says, grievously vexed them. Imagine the horror. I can only imagine. I've never experienced it, but I, my sister was taking, it may have been SATs or Regents, and we had a boy who we all knew. His name was Eric Hemi, and he was an epileptic. And in the middle of one of these state-sponsored tests, he had an epileptic fit. And uh, I don't know how things are today, but they could not stop the test. It was a timed test, timed state test, whether it was the SATs or whatever it was. Uh, I don't, I don't recall. But, but uh, Loa tells the story. They all, I mean, he was the same class as them. He was their friend. In the middle of an epileptic fit, and the teacher is telling the students, "Continue your test." Continue your test. Can you imagine? They had to bring in another teacher to hold Eric's tongue so he wouldn't bite it while he was having his fit. Unimaginable the horror my sister talked about as all of Eric's friends watched him shake on the floor in front of that classroom as the teacher is telling them, continue taking your test. Unimaginable. Imagine what this mother was going through as she watched her little daughter grievously vexed. Imagine the horror as she watched that spirit torment her little girl. And she cried and cried until even the disciples sent her away and the Lord said, I am not sent, but for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she came and she worshipped him and she said, Lord, help me. Please. It's too much. And he answered, it is not meat for me to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. We preached it calling Gentiles dogs. She was saying, I know I'm not a Jew. He was just using it as a parable. He wasn't saying you're a dog. He was just saying you're not a Jew. The food that's here right now is for the Jews. I've come to the Jews first because I have the blood of Abraham flowing through me, as they do. And she said, I know I'm not a Jew, Jesus. And I know I fall outside of the covenant promises. 
And I know I'm not of Abraham. I know I don't have Abraham's blood flowing through me. But I am convinced that you are the Almighty God. And I am convinced that I have access to you, even though I'm not of Jewish descent. And if you'll just say one little word, my daughter will be okay. I'm not asking you to have a service in her name. I'm not asking you to perform some priestly duty so my daughter will be healed. I'm just asking you to say one word and she'll be healed because I know who you are. Matthew 15 and 27, and she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fell from the master's table. She was saying, Lord, I'm down here where the crumbs are. But that's all I need. It's all I need. I'm sitting on a pew wounded. But all I need is one word. All I need, Lord, is one touch. All I need, Lord, is for you to just move your hand. And he said, woman, you have great faith. Go on home. It's all okay. It's all okay. You see, church, she just believed that she had access to the miraculous. That's it. It didn't matter what the other voices said. It didn't matter that the signs on the fence said no access. It didn't matter that she only had a little co- couple coins sitting beside her on the curb. She had gotten a word. Amen. That Jesus could do it now. That Jesus can move outside of the temple. That he can move outside of the Jewish faith. And he could touch my need. Hallelujah. I believe it, church. I believe that we have access to this miraculous right here, right now, at this very moment. And I don't believe it's anything that we've earned or that we can manufacture. I don't believe that it's anything that we can work up to. I don't believe that God is counting our prayers and saying, well, when you pray that 1,232nd time, that's when I'll touch it. Hallelujah. It's about our faith. It's about believing that God can do all things. Amen. What do you need from Him today? You're not outside the fences listening to the cheering crowds. Church, you have been guaranteed admittance. You've been guaranteed admittance. You have access to God. Amen. Let's stand this morning. Thank you, Lord. What do you need? In 1997, in Nashville, Tennessee, there was a coffee shop that gained national attention. (laughs) Unbelievable. Because a cinnamon bun looked like Mother Teresa. Unbelievable. The popular press held it as a, as a miracle. The <laughs> coffee shop owner put the bun on display in a glass case and sold pictured postcards of the miracle bun. 
Business improved. Tourists came. Catholics came to pay homage to Mother Teresa on the cinnamon bun. They were reflecting what everyone has, really. Church, you, you've heard the stories. They're countless. A tree in Mexico has an image of Mother Teresa or, or, or Mary, the Virgin Mary. And people flock there by the thousands to just view the tree. They are simply reflecting what every person has. It's a hunger for the sense of the presence of God. It's just a hunger for the sense of God's presence. It's not about the tree. Really, it's not. It's not about the cinnamon bun. It's about, was God's presence here? Was there something, did somehow God reach through the veil for a moment? And is this where he did it? Can I have access to God's presence? You hear the stories all the time, or, or I have read the stories of the, of the TV evangelists who used to, you know, bring people up and, and they would jump out of their wheelchairs and jump off their gurneys and, and the crowds would just come and, and you, can you touch me? Can you heal me? And, and it was, uh, quite the, uh, ordeal. But what was happening was people just wanted to be in the spot where the presence of God was. Church, the real bread is here this morning. You don't need to go to a cinnamon shop in Nashville, Tennessee. His presence is here this morning. Hallelujah. Are you hungry? I'm not talking about some shallow imitation. I'm not talking about some emotional, emotionally packed experience. I am talking about the King of Glory coming down to rescue me. He's here this morning. He's here to touch every need. He's here to touch you, Sister Bag. He's here to touch your 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 coworker, uh, uh, Sierra. He's here. I don't need to look any further. What do you need this morning? Is it financial? Is it is it healing? What, what miraculous thing do you need this morning? Is it, is it the complexity of life? Hallelujah. The answer to that need, it's here. It's accessible. The ticket's been paid. The admittance, the door's been opened, the veil's been rent. Hallelujah. My God is real. Let's worship Him this morning. Let's pray and praise. What's your need this morning? Go to God. What's your need this morning? Go to God with it. God can make a way where there is no way. In Jesus.